about Jesus. I'm so glad someone told me about Him. For today my soul is so happy, all because someone told
Well, amen, aren't you glad someone told you about him? Amen? Amen. Yep, talks about that soul that's happy. That doesn't always mean our circumstances are good, does it? But boy, that soul can be happy knowing that we are settled with him and he is with us. Well, take your Bible, turn over the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse 9. Then we're going to read through verse 12. We're in our series again, and again, it's life weighed in the balance, and it's a series in the book of Ecclesiastes, and so I'm just kind of going through there and touching on each chapter or something from each chapter, I should say, and we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 tonight, and we're going to basically ask the question or make the statement, two are better than one, why? Why are two better than one? And well, let's go ahead and read it, and then you'll see where it's going here. But chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. <clears throat> she shall give... <clears throat> wait a second, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in Proverbs. That would help if I got in Ecclesiastes. Chapter 4, verses 9. Let's start in verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a three-cord fold, a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. I don't think I'll get to verse 12 probably too awfully much, but we'll address that as well. But I want to talk to you tonight from this particular passage and share a few principles that I think will be helpful. I mean, in this particular passage, we note the inability of a man to be the architect of his own happiness. And we've been noting that through the book of Ecclesiastes. We've been looking at how, in the, how, how a man sees life. And unfortunately, the way he sees life is pretty grim. He doesn't see it filled with too awfully much hope and Yet we know that it is once again a man's perspective and a man's view. We learn that success here in the passage without others will leave us empty and unfulfilled. One may be wealthy and successful, but if they have no one to share their prosperity with, they're going to be very miserable. And we see that often in life. We see that with people that do have money. And if they have no one to really share it with, it's kind of empty, very lonely and miserable. The old adage says, no man is an island. And there's truth to that, isn't there? We live in a fast-paced society that often ill affords opportunity to build relationships today. And unfortunately, we can come sometimes even to the end of our lives without relationships. Sadly, it even seems sometimes our own children at times have a tendency to get so wrapped up, so busy in this life that they forget who bore them. Again, the devil's good at distracting us. Often the product of our efforts to succeed and to get ahead, especially if it's to get ahead at all costs, only produces loneliness, envy, strife, discontentment, unhappiness, and unfulfilled expectations. I mean, there's just so many people today that really believe that somehow if I can succeed financially, if I can lay a good foundation monetarily, I'll be happy and things will go well, but the... Writer of Ecclesiastes says, "Now nah, that's, that's really not where it's all at. There's a secular song from years ago that 
states this. It says, one is the loneliest number. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's truth to that. God never intended that man be alone. From the garden to the present, God has sought to provide us joy through both earthly and heavenly relationships. And the most important and yet the most overlooked relationship we possess is our relationship with God. And again, I know you're here tonight, so you know that relationship's probably probably more important than it is to most. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter tonight how many times you go to church. Your relationship with the Lord is not dependent on the times you walk through the door of the church. Boy, it extends far beyond the walls of this place. It goes far beyond even just uh, uh, serving the Lord. There's a relationship that must be there. and, And God intended that we find great satisfaction and contentment and fulfillment in that relationship with Him. Why are two... Better than one. And why, are, why two are better than one, especially as it applies to our relationship with God, is something I want to address tonight. And I want to give you just four simple thoughts why that is. And again, I, I kind of want to focus this. This could be a, a message directed to earthly relationships, but I want us to try to really focus even more so maybe on the fact that two are better than one. Let me tell you, if, you're with, if you have God in your life, there are two of you. And so let's go ahead and take a few moments and look at these simple thoughts and we'll trust the Lord to speak to our hearts as he needs to. Father, we love you. I desperately need you tonight. I pray that you would just help us to identify these truths, that Lord, you would just help us to be convinced in our own heart that two are better than one. And may we focus on our relationship with Christ and really just uh, really strive to have a walk with you, Lord, that is uh, just uh, wonderful. And then, Lord, even in our relationship with others, Lord, may we realize that those relationships are important and that they provide us with tremendous opportunities. Lord, may we recognize what some of those are and not take our relationships for granted even. Lord, uh, uh, we thank you for family and friends and loved ones. And Lord, we just ask that you would just help us, Lord, to realize that you intended that those relationships be productive and positive. And Lord, just help us, Lord, to see that from the passage even tonight. Well, thank you in Christ's name. Amen. First of all, two are better than one. Why? Well, number one, they complement one another. They complement. Verse 9. It says there in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Now, we understand that, that um, uh, there's a reward that awaits us if we faithfully serve the Lord, as we move through life, if we uh, keep short accounts. And we get that, and we understand there's the judgment seat of Christ that awaits all of us, and we will give that account, and, 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 and our deeds will go through the fire, and uh, boy, Lord willing, there'll be something left that hopefully it won't be wood, hay, and stubble, right? Uh, gold, silver, and precious stones is what we want to try to amass, and ultimately we look forward to being able to receive that reward and ultimately cast it at the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, as far as our relationships are concerned, we're to complement one another, whether it's in a marriage or whether it's in a friendship. They're to complement one another. We're to fulfill in those voids and those emptinesses of one and kind of make us more complete. But the truth is, is that God wants to complement your life in a sense. The truth is, is that sometimes we go through life without the Lord Jesus Christ and there is an emptiness and there is a void in our life that only God can fill and meet in our lives. And may I say today that God intends that we walk with him and that we talk with him, that we partner with him because he wants us to know what it is to have a good reward one day for our labor. And boy, I'll tell you what, if you labor with the Lord 
and he labors with you, you'll have that good reward. You will indeed. I think about a partnership versus sole proprietorship. Years ago, I started a little business. It was called OD's Window Cleaning Plus. That's a long name, isn't it? I've learned since that probably wasn't the best title. And it didn't take me long to learn that either. I didn't get a lot of business. OD's Window Cleaning Plus. And I wasn't really good at cleaning windows anyway, so it wasn't very, very good. But I thought I'd start a little business, you know. I was going to Bible college, and I thought, man, I don't want to work some measly, you know, uh, job making $3, $54 or $5 an hour. Man, I'm going I'm to get me a little business. I'll have, make good money on the side. I knew a guy that was in Bible college, and he had a business like that. It was down in Maslin, and, and he was doing real well supporting a family. And I thought, man, if he could support a family, have children and everything, just cleaning windows. Man, I know I can clean some windows. I'll make me a good living, and man, that'll be wonderful. It didn't work that way. But anyway, you take a partnership, there's some benefits to a partnership versus a sole proprietorship. Now, I was a sole proprietorship. I had started the business and I had to do all the work myself. And there were areas that I wasn't quite as strong in that really suffered because I just didn't have the ability or the expertise, like, like cleaning windows. But anyway, the fact was is that, is that the partnership allows someone else to come on into the, the, to the business. And then where you're weak, they can be strong. Maybe you're not strong in the financial side of it. Maybe you're more, your greatest strength is in the actual production or the work of the, of the, the business. And maybe they have a, a much better ability to handle finances and money. And the two of you come together and you make a great team. You complement one another. Jesus, the Bible says, sent the disciples out by twos. It says in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, after, after, uh, I after, uh, excuse me, after those things, the Lord appointed over other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. There's a lot of good things about partnerships. As we go out even knocking doors sometimes, I was out by myself the other day. I got kind of trying to clean up a couple of routes. I had a couple of follow-up visits. And so I was cleaning up a couple of routes I started. And, and so I don't, I don't, uh, let's be honest with you, I don't encourage that at all. Matter of fact, I don't want you doing that, okay? Okay, uh, don't do as I uh, say, do as I don't do as I do, do as I say, would you? But anyway, so I, I was out there anyway, and I had to make a follow up visit on that route. And I had like seven doors that we did not get to. I thought I'm going to knock those doors out. Then there was another area I had to go back to. And I knocked a couple of those out as well. And uh, while I was out there, I was walking up the road and I thought to myself, and this is the honest truth. I walking up the road, I thought to myself, boy, this would be a lot easier if I had somebody with me right now. Because see, the last two times I was out here just this week, uh, I had somebody with me. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes at the door, you don't always get received 100% like you'd like. Not that they're necessarily super mean, but boy, there's something about having somebody else to share in, to walk together with, to compliment one another. When I start to feel a little low, they say something that picks me up, or I can say something picks them up. Maybe they get into a conversation with somebody and I get encouraged by that. I'm just saying we compliment one another and it's helpful. And Jesus understood that principle. And when he sent the disciples, out. He did it with a purpose and he did it with a reason. And he said, listen, I want you to compliment one another because two are better than one. And may I say tonight, when you go out door knocking, don't go by yourself. Find somebody to go with the best you can. I got left on my own. There was nobody left to go with. And let me tell you something. I would have never wanted to do that. I need to go with somebody because that's God's plan. That's God's purpose because two are better than one. They compliment one another. Number two, they carry one another. 
In verse 10, the Bible says this, For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. When. Notice he says when. Not if. Isn't that interesting? I don't know about you, but that caught my eye. Notice he says here again, he goes, for if they fall, he goes, two are better than one. Okay, blah, blah. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe unto him that is alone when he falleth. And, and again, it does say for if. But anyway, if they fall, I thought the wind sounded a lot better. But anyway, uh, but, but if they fall, uh, let me ask you something. Have you ever fallen? Yeah, right. Every, I know all the hands are starting to go up and I didn't even ask you. I just went like that and you're like, yeah. You want to know why? Because we're prone to that, aren't we? We're flesh. And yet the Bible talks about this passage in Ecclesiastes and it's talking about why are two better than one? I'll tell you why. Because more than likely at some point in your life, you're going to trip up. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to fall. And you're going to need somebody to pick you up. You need somebody to encourage you. Somebody to come alongside and say, listen, I'm there for you, brother. I'm there for you, sister. Listen, that's true for all of us. And in our relationships, our earthly relationships, my oh my, how wonderful it is to have a mom or a dad or a a husband or a wife or a brother or sister or family members and friends that come alongside and say, listen, you're not in it alone. I'm in it with you. That's a wonderful thing. But let me tell you something. More important than that is having the Lord in there with you. I mean, you uh, you talk about someone to carry us. Man, when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, let me tell you what, you don't have to worry about being kicked around and thrown around and treated like dirt. No, he's going to help lift you up and he's going to dust you off and he's going to be there for you. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto them, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Well, I don't know about you, but I do not prefer bad times. I like good times. I'm not one that embraces and says, boy, please send the rough times, boy. I want to know your sufficiency, Lord. But you want to know something? You know when we really learn the sufficiency of the Lord in our life? In the rough times, the tough times. Because you know what? That's when he carries us. That's when he carries us. I read a poem years ago. You've heard it, I'm sure. It's one of my favorites of all time. I think it's my mom's as well. It goes like this. One night, my, one night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really bothered me, and so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you you would leave me. How could you do that? He whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never have I ever left you.
even during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I've loved that poem for years. It's called a poem. I don't know. It's more of a story to me, but my, oh my, I think of my life and I think of what God has brought me through and I think about some of the tragedies and trials and struggles that you have faced in your lives. How many of us could raise our hand tonight and testify, indeed, when our lives were at their lowest ebb, when difficulty seemed to be raining upon us, He carried me. Boy, I'll tell you what, the truth is, is that two are better than one because when someone falls, there's someone there to pick them up. Not only that, number three, verse 11, it says again, if two lie together, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? They care for one another. They care for one another. They compliment, they carry, but they also care for one another. See, God will meet our needs, won't he? Aren't you glad we love, serve a, a caring God? He comes alongside us and Boy, I'll tell you, when we're at our greatest need, he does step down. He meets that need. He provides for us. He cares for us. I just like that he cares for us. That that what's going on in my life is important to him. Do you ever wonder why God would even waste his time thinking about you? Has that ever crossed your mind or do you just assume he ought to? I don't. I, like the psalmist, say, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And I think of that from my perspective, and I think I have nothing to give you worthy of your love and grace in my life. And yet I know I'm loved, cared for. And you know what? So are you. Two are better than one because there's somebody there to say, I care. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33, we note that God meets our needs here. He says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. A little sidebar, it is rather disturbing, isn't it, to think how often we want all these things except him and his kingdom. I know it's easy to convince ourselves that we're we're thoroughly right with God at all times. I know that we can justify things we look at and things we listen to, and we can give good reason why... You know, I'm good to go with God, even though I know there's some questionable things in my thought, my life. But the truth is, is that we need to be very aware of the fact that our first love ought to be the Lord God. We ought to be very aware of the fact that we are to be simply surrendered and presenting ourselves to Christ wholeheartedly, without reservation. We ought to be seeking the kingdom of God. And what that means is an eternal kingdom. How many times we find ourselves trapped in the present? We find ourselves living for today, when in reality God would have us live for tomorrow. This is simply, simply 
a cloud. It's a dream. This is not the reality. This is the smoke and mirrors. Eternity is the reality. We live now, but it is only in preparation of a life that will go on forever and ever and ever. We live as though today is all there is. When in reality we are to seek first the kingdom of God. A spiritual kingdom. An eternal kingdom. He goes on in Philippians to tell us that not only does he meet our need, just even clothing and food, but he says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I wonder, according to his riches, how rich is God? How capable is God to meet your need tonight? How able is he to overcome any obstacle that you find in your life? He's quite capable. His riches are untold. I'm glad he cares for me. Aren't you glad he cares for you? Two are better than one because they care for one another. So we've already seen that two are better than one because they complement one another. They carry one another. They care for one another. But finally, in verse 12, they contend for one another. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And the threefold cord is not quickly broken. They contend for one another, or we might say defend one another. In Psalm chapter 18, turn there if you would please. One of my favorite passages as well. For years I've kind of skipped through this chapter. Kind of helps me be a little more lighthearted when I read it. Chapter 18, book of Psalms. It says in chapter 18, verses 2 and 3, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. I tell you what, aren't you glad you're not alone tonight? The psalmist cried out, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord shall lift me up. No one need be alone with God here. You simply trust Christ, receive him, and he literally moves in. You're never alone. Oh, I know it's difficult. Sometimes it's nice to feel real arms around you. But may I say there are times in the midst of the darkness... But the reality of Christ can be felt. And I'm not a big feelings person in the sense that I believe that that's how you determine your salvation. That's how you determine your Christian life. That's how you realize whether or not you're right with God. No, not at all. The Word of God is the authority. But I'm going to tell you something. There are times when you need His touch. 
There are times when only His arms around you can make a difference. And you know that He's there to protect you, to care for you, to meet your every need, and to defend you even. I think about David facing Goliath. His brothers and the other men of war were unwilling to face this giant. David steps up to the plate as he hears him blaspheming the God of Israel and says, Is there not a cause? And he may not have said it or it wasn't recorded in Scripture, but I got to believe that at some point he's looking around going, Hey, isn't, is there not a cause? Is there not a man among you? Is there not someone that will shut that big mouth up? And he says, you know what? If nobody's going to do anything about this, I will. Because I am not alone. You scaredy cats can run behind the rocks. You can hide wherever you choose. But I don't have to be afraid because I'm not alone. I know what it is to have God defending me. I know what it is to have God on my side. I've seen him with the lion. I've seen him with the bear. I know God can overcome the enemy. And in verse 45 of chapter 17 of Samuel, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee with a slingshot. That's not what he said. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. You're coming to me with all your years of training. You're coming to me with your massive size. You come to me with all your armor. You come to me with a long sword and a mighty shield. But I'm telling you, he says... I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And may I say that the confidence that David had that day had nothing to do with the army behind him. The confidence he had had nothing to do with his family or his upbringing. It wasn't about a slingshot. It was about the Savior. It was about God in his life. He knew that he wasn't alone. Two are better than one. Because they contend for one another. They defend one another. Tonight, I want to encourage you to just remember that you're not alone tonight. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, you're not alone. And it doesn't matter how lonely you feel tonight, I want you to know He's there. And he's there tonight to compliment. He's there tonight to care. He's there tonight to carry. And he's there to contend. You're not alone. Praise God, we're not alone. He loves us.
cares for us. And he's there for us. Two are better than one. These are just four simple reasons. I'm sure we could come up with a number of others. Father, I come to you. I thank you again, Lord, for the grace you've